actors in the MCU. Lots of actors have made an appearance in the MCU. Many than I than what I think that most people remember, or or what most people even know. Because if I remember correctly, I believe Miley Cyrus actually does a cameo. But in, it's uh, but it's Guardians not a, it's not a cameo if they're going to be a character, right? Because they're going to have their own thing. You're saying you're th- well. So far, they've been cameos. I'm so speaking of like Sylvester Stallone's character in Guardians Two. That's a cameo. Even if he does get his own movie afterwards, he still is in a cameo. If if uh, Matt Damon gets a cameo in the next um, Thor movie as playing an actor from Asgard, I wonder if he survived. See, that's we have to know if he survived. If he survived. Um, the Ragnarok from Skurda, Skarda, Sparta? Serta. Serta, yeah. Well, I don't know if he survived. Um, on that same note, Sam Nielsen. Sam Neil. Sam Neil was a cameo because he played Odin in the play. And, um, oh, shoot, I just forgot his name. The other Hemsworth, Liam. Liam was uh, Loki in, or was uh, Thor in that play. So, I mean, there's that. Interesting. Anyway, not. I mean, maybe interesting. I don't know if you think it's interesting or not. It's something that happened. It is something uh, that definitely happened. And everyone, welcome to episode 168 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. I am. We didn't even play our intro. Should I play the intro? Intro. Well, because you're getting a piece down. of paper. Piensas que poner el aire acondicionado? Quiere aire acondicionado? Este way. You are listening to the Freelancer Codex podcast brought to you by the shut up and respawn network welcome everyone to this podcast on the day of march the 14th you are here with us on number 168 168 times we've hit record that's not true we probably hit it more than that because we messed it up and had to stop recordings then had to hit it again but today is the 168th time that we are actually going to push the show live that you can listen to it welcome thank you for being here we really apart. <laughs> I just got a text message from my wife. She says, it's not March, it's April. She is correct. It is April the 14th, 2021. I don't know what day it is. That's fine. It's been a really long year, but also this year has been going by really fast. It's already April the 14th. Pretty soon, it'll be May the 1st. And then after that, it'll be June or something. I don't know. That's just how time works. I'm your host, Steve. If you did not know, it says it right over here. I'm going to point to it. And this is my co-host, Mike. He's over there. Um, I don't have to point to his name. You can just see it over there. Mike, how's it going, man? Like, what are you up to? What are you doing? (laughs) Um, Great times here. Getting ready to talk about some of the things that have been going on in our lives, some of the things that have been going on in the news, some of the things that have been going on on one of the shows that we're watching. Um, Just pretty excited to sit down. I always look forward to this to this day of the week where we can sit down and and um, share our thoughts on some of the things that we're doing, on some of the things that we're watching and just kind of talk about stuff and process things out loud and um, talk with some of our, with our people who watch us. Um, Twitchers, are they called Twitchers? Um, um, I don't the, think they're called Twitchers. What are the people who watch Twitch? What are they called? Or do they have a name? Um, Everything we has a name. Now. We don't call them tweakers. We don't call no, them that. It would have to be on the Tweak platform. But anyway, pretty excited to just to sit down and talk about a few things, hang out a little bit, um, have some fun. 
crack some jokes and you know, talk a little bit about what's going on and then you know leave you with a with a good message on how to be kind to people and making sure that we're all doing our part to make this world better than what we found it like because that, that's really what we're trying to do right that's like the whole show we don't even have to do a show now you just gave them the cliff notes of episode 168 that's our formula. If anybody wants to start their own show, I mean, that's that's the formula we use. So maybe, I do, do we have a formula? Is that what show, it is? Well, it, we're we're starting to have a formula, and if that's what it is, then maybe we ought to kind of look at it um, elsewhere. But anyway, so, I think, anyway, we I are glad to be point, here. We're excited. We're going to talk about some things that we've been doing. We've no, got things coming up. All right, you um, just go. I'll just I'll just ride gonna, shotgun today. You just ride shotgun. We definitely want to start off. By thanking those that make this show possible and those who um, we really want to appreciate and make sure that we that we give a shout out to. And that would be our patrons. And that's Julius, Nathan B., Michael R., Trent B., Man of Still, Scout69, Dragonheart76, Jeffrey H., Gameplay Experience, RZ, and Phaedrin. We definitely want to thank you all for your support every month. Um, we appreciate it. We feel it. We We definitely have some pressure on us to make this show something for you that you can be proud of um, as you being part of it. And it's something that we definitely want to be proud of because we're, because we do it and, and we de definitely don't want to uh, make it rote. We want to make it authentic every week. And so um, I guess that, I guess making it authentic kind of comes with the little um, guffaws that we have and the, and the mess ups and the uh, outtakes. So, so that's what you get. We appreciate you being with us. For 168 episodes, which translates into quite a few years, actually. We're going on four, because um, math, right? Um, Just over three, because math. So, if it's I pull lot. up a calculator. It's a lot of shows. It's a lot of shows. 3.2 years. That's a lot of shows. That's a lot of years. That's hey, a lot of years we've been here, and we appreciate it. Mike, you did a great job. It's almost like you do a podcast. Like, Do you have podcasting experience? or <laughs> Do you, I don't know if I could call this experience. It's not, but man. hey, like I we like were, it, man. We were talking about formulas, and I was like, as soon as Anthem died, like our formula died, right? Oh man, like two hosts like, ago, a whole game ago, and we're just like, what are we? We still don't even know what we're doing. We're like a bunch of teenagers that are just like, we left home, and we're just like waiting for our parents to come pick us up, and they just haven't come pick us up yet. So we're just like down at the, the gas keys. station. And they give like, us the keys to the recording booth, and we're just making the best of it while we wait. Um, yeah, really. Hunger Game style. Maybe not Hunger Game style. Well, although, I guess it kind of is Hunger Game style. We were four. We're down to two. We'll see what happens. So are we supposed we'll see to, what happens. Are we supposed to find some berries and like, hey, let's eat these berries at the same time? Is that what's going to happen? I think we did. I think we did when they uh, when we realized that Anthem was was going to be what it's what we have gotten. And so I think we we figuratively ate the berries together. And now we're like in that new limbo kind of stage where where we're kind of seeing what this is going to turn into. And it's turned into something that we actually pretty appreciate. We definitely love consuming content and um, looking at the current media. You know, we like to be entertained like many people do. And we we watch the shows that with the characters that we can support and get behind. And so that's kind of what this is turning into so far. 
Um, Steve definitely keeps us abreast of all the video game news. Well, not um, today. You know, but before you keep going down this little trail that you're taking us down, if we jump back to the, oh. uh, if yeah, sorry, oh. we're gonna pump the okay. brakes, pump the brakes so sorry. we don't slide. Um, I mean, if we, if we talk mean, about hundred games, no, nope, I'm gonna won keep going. Awards for my talking ability, but you go ahead. You got it. It's true, you have that award that you've won. If we talk about <laughs> Hunger Games, like at the end of Hunger Games, when like PETA and Katniss are like, hey, we could just kill each other, and like the Capitol's like, no, don't do it. Like, I mean, the Capitol totally could have just let him do that. Like, I mean, what was anyone going to really do? They should have done it anyway. They should have just been like, no, we're, we got this. And that would have saved us the, the other three movies. Um, yeah, it would have it would have saved us that. Yeah, I know they're that. like, oh, we have to have a champion. It's like I don't know. You could just they both died, or you could just throw in a fake champion because it's like you control the audio, the video feeds everywhere, so you control the narrative. So you could have just. But wouldn't that have been the the best the best middle finger to the capital anyway? Like you want a champion? Well, we're not going to give you a champion. Right, but instead so they what, gave. So him what two. are you going to do? Yeah. Ooh. Because it's like, I mean, they're, it's made for all the people to lose anyway. So whether yeah. there was a champion or whether the capital is like, yeah, just kidding. This kid over here survived. He's the champion now. And then it's like, just turn off everyone's TV. What are they watching TV on? It's like, yeah, anyway. The, uh, I think the best line in that whole book was when Haymitch, this is, this is at the end of the first games. And Candace is like, I just want to go home and let this be over. And Haymitch is like, these games are never over. They're never over for you now. And like, I think that's the most poignant kind of um, telling line in the entire series that, that there's no going back through any experience. There's no going back. This changes you, right? Frodo had to leave middle earth. Sam had to leave middle earth. Uh, All the ring bearers did. Yeah. Cap was put on a trajectory from from the moment from the moment that he was getting beat up in that back alley, he was put on a trajectory to be who he was. Right? Well, you'd have um, to say before that with Cap, but I guess he went to his proverbial Middle Earth also by staying behind, yeah. which is weird. Like, I mean, so I know that there's a lot of speculation that people are like, oh, Steve went and got back with um, Peggy. Like, what if they didn't? What if they just went for that dance and then Steve was like, all right, that was it, and then he went and did something else. So, so that's not the speculation that everybody is throwing around, right? The uh, I mean, that's the assumption that he stayed. In. He did. He did go back, but this is the thing with time travel and and the unfortunate effect of of time travel being introduced, right? Because from the beginning, we never see a picture of of um, Peggy's husband. We we know that she has one. Correct. He's never mentioned. Correct. Other than other than Steve was able to help save my husband. Well, you know, because of semantics and because of the way English works, you know, because Steve made his choice to go in the in the ice and then ultimately ended up bringing back half the population and learning how to do time travel. Steve was able to come back to me. Right. And then so there's this whole other theory that that we actually do see Steve old Steve in the movies. If you know where to look. Um, they always cite the uh, the white haired pallbearer near yeah, the end. That, that, well, but that, that would make no. that would make more sense. Like Steve's right you know, there. Or else, plus, or else we have these. Or else we have these crazy though. time branches that yeah. 
that you have to go through. And Steve is the type of guy that like, would he, would he go back in time and upset whatever reality that Peggy was enjoying? Right. Is he that guy? I mean, I don't think he is. That's why he's worthy to carry Mjolnir. Also, technically, like if Steve goes back to a different timeline, there's another Steve in that timeline. Exactly. So does he go and he has to off himself? He has to off his because there can't be two Steves. But also, like Peggy Carter, or, she's not going to sit back and be like, "All right, all these bad things are going to happen." So you have this Peggy Carter Steve um, duo where they go and fight or, crime together. Or is it one of those um, man in the high castle things where you can only go uh, back to a reality in which you're already dead? Let's now, not you even go, talk uh, about that. at man in the high castle. But I really liked, and and we both did. We both really liked the first two seasons of man in the high castle. Even like season three episodes, one, two and a half, maybe. And then it just got weird. People just don't know how to end their series. Like, Like, I don't know if they write like they should like write out their full series, like write out all 10 seasons, like figure it out and then go to number one. Like, don't try to figure it out as you go. Be like, find your plot. Because at the end, you're like, oh, this is bad. Because Man in the High Castle is a cool idea. It was a mm-hmm. cool setting, very interesting characters until it was acted well, it was produced well, it was it was really nice to watch. Thrones, same way, seasons one through eight, one through seven. Mm. Um, and then and then we got a bunch of movies right there in, in one chunk that just ended poorly. And and I don't really know why. It seems like conspiracy. But everyone's endings just have to be bad. That's a conspiracy. But they were. They were bad. We used to have good writing. Um, It wasn't as predictable. We talked about Godzilla last week. Was it last week? Yeah, Um, it was last week. Godzilla is going to come out of the water. There's going to be a battle. They're going to scream at each other and they're going to team up against like like I could write that. Well, I mean, like if you take every single trope and everything that we've seen from every cartoon and every movie, I guess like if you go to like tvtropes.com or whatever, they have every TV trope listed. And I bet if you and I went over there and we said, okay, pick 20 tropes, like we can make a movie out of any 20 tropes and like throw them in, mix them up, put them in any order. We can make a movie, right? Stick them in a randomizer and see yeah. what comes out. It's funny because I bet Twilight would pop out. That would be funny. It probably did. I don't know. Twilight's weird. (laughs) I mean, like with Fast 9 coming out, like I said the sentence, Fast 9, okay? Fast and the Furious 9. Now John Cena's on screen, we think. You can't really see him. They say he's there, but he's not really there. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, let's, um, Rusted, how is it going over there from the land of the rising sun? Appreciate you hanging out again with us once again. So if you consider that, oh, I should ask Rusted. All right, Rusted, since you are over there in Japan, has there been like, what is the reception of the new Godzilla versus King Kong been like over there? Are people talking about it? Are people excited about it? Are they like, hey, this is actually really good? Or is it just like, no, this is garbage or or whatever? Or do you even care? You might not care. Um, but like I was saying, it's like we have Fast 9 and it's like, okay, you can probably tell what this is going to be. You know, Dom has a brother. After nine movies, he's got a brother, and I bet those brothers are going to drive cars, and they're going to hit each other with cars, and there you go. But, you know, it's all about family, and I know a lot of people like Fast 9. I don't, particularly. Some of them are fun to watch. Others are just like, okay, whatever. And you kind of roll your eyes, like the ones with The Rock. I don't think The Rock is that 
I don't think he's that great of an actor. I know that might be blasphemy to some people, but I think he's the same character in everything he's ever acted in. He's just the think, rock and he can't break out of that for some reason. I think a lot of the problem too, and I see this with the Bond movies, even even with the Daniel Craig ones, um, there there isn't much you can do. It's It's the same, right? So... You either watch the movies with the sky beam or the movies with the double agent and the twist or the movies with the MacGuffin that does the thing. I And and we've talked about this at length before. I wonder why we can't come up with new things or why it's so hard to come up with new interesting I, stories. I think there's interesting things like, for example, like um, Marvel, uh, Captain America Civil War. Is like a 70s spy thriller, not Civil War, Winter Soldier, sorry. Winter Soldier is just like a spy movie. It has the MacGuffins, it has the double agents, it has, you know, this character's come back from the dead. So it has all those tropes, but I think when they're done well, when they make sense in a story and you have a good ending, you can overlook a lot of that stuff. Because really, if you think about it, when the mil- thousands and millions of years civilization has been alive and things have been written and things have been shown, it's tough to come up with something unique and something new because those tropes are tropes for a reason because they're like they're core to like the human experience of loss and, oh no, I'm shocked because there has to be something that you have to stop. I mean, we talk about the hero's journey, the chosen one syndrome, stuff like that. So... I think you can do new things, but I think that's by taking old things and putting a twist on them and putting a different layer on them. But that is hard to do. For Hollywood, you want to stick with what is guaranteed to make your return on investment. That's why we got episode... um, What episode was it? Six? Let's see. Uh, Four, five, six. Episode seven of Star Wars. It's a Star remake Wars, of yeah. it's a remake of episode three of episode four. Sorry, um, so I, I don't know, and I think that's probably why a lot of it gets done because you have to guarantee your money back. Because if you don't guarantee your money back, uh, thousands of people lose their jobs from these studios. So, well, and but, I, and I get that, but 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 I don't want to sacrifice a good story at the expense of oh, we have to do something safe like. Like I can't, I can't believe that that the American, the American, the human experience is is so looked at and so um, finite that we know everything, right? There's got to be something new. But but anyway, we've we've talked about it, at that before, and we don't need to rehash that. I mean, we can we talk spend. about whatever we want. All right, it's our. I understand so that, but we've got some stuff to get to today. I guess because. That's true. Because I mean, we do. Because yeah, because we don't want to be we don't want to be the same thing over and over. We don't want to do exactly what I just said that that Hollywood does. Oh, uh, that's all we do. So rested stuff. in the chat says talking about King Kong and Godzilla. He says I'm not too sure. I've seen some stuff on Twitter, but I don't really follow movies per se. I saw more than more from the West about the Kong is better than Godzilla though. I don't know. I think Kong is pretty lame. He's just a big monkey. Godzilla at least has some character. We don't really have big giant lizards like that. Kong is just a monkey. And that's pretty lame, in my opinion. He's so, quite large, though. Yeah, that's fine. But, I mean, if you took a dog and made him big, he'd be scary, too. No, he wouldn't. He'd be Clifford. Clifford the big red dog. Touche, Michael. That's exactly Touché. who it is. All right. So, let's do some stuff. You know what things we should do? 
we should just jump into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, I don't know, okay. we should jump into the stuff that we've been doing. That's right. Because there's stuff that we've been doing. So, let's jump into the stuff that we've been doing. Mike, what have you been doing? I've been watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Well done. <laughs> and then I'll jump into what I've been doing. And we'll just do it that way. You good with that? I'm good with that. All right. So, What you been up to? I think you've been up to more than me this week. Um, I've just been up to the same old stuff. Yeah, I know. Um, so I've been doing a lot of things. I've been, I finished my taxes. Usually we had a CPA do our taxes before, but last year our CPA kind of screwed us over and we're like, nope, we're not going to do it again. They charge us a lot of money. Then we ended up having to pay a lot of money and they're like, sorry. And I'm like, I don't think that's how business is supposed to work. Like if you do something and you mess up, like you're supposed to own that, right? Like, isn't that how it's supposed to work? Did you Am sign I a confused? disclosure? A disclosure? I don't know. Maybe I'm not supposed to talk about this. Maybe I'm under NDA to talk about the screw up. That no, not seen. NDA. But did you sign something that said, um, you know, we are not responsible for? I don't know. Probably you owe. You probably did, which is which is kind of weird for an accountant to say, "Hey, I'm going to be your accountant and I want your business, but if I end up making you owe money, you have to not get mad at me." And you you're know, like seriously, you know what's weird about our country? It's like the IRS is like. I want you to figure out how much money you owe me. We know exactly how much you owe, but but you tell us what you owe. And if you mess it, up, you might go to prison, but I'll let you it, tell us. Yeah, that, that is interesting. The IRS itself is, is like, I have my own issues with giving other people my money who don't um, deserve it. So, I mean... Yeah. Whatever. Rusted says on page 347, subsection 3, part 53, double <laughs> I, clearly says, please it don't blame clearly us. clearly says, yeah. and, and you clicked, I agree to terms and conditions. I wonder if we could just say, you know what? We don't agree to the terms and conditions. We don't want to pay taxes. You think that would work? Yeah, let's try that. So do you want to try it or should I try it first? Uh, you should try it. All right. I will see you in Brazil next year. All right. So I did taxes. That was fun. I mean, that wasn't fun. And then I've been like going down this deep dive on cryptocurrencies and figuring out what type of cryptocurrencies to invest in. There's a bunch of altcoins that are popping up um, that are, they call it DeFi. Dude, like cryptocurrency is, it's confusing. Regular investing is confusing. Figuring out which one is happening and what's going on. So... I bought a billion. I bought a billion. I bought a billion coins of one coin, a billion coins of another coin, and then I'm working on getting another billion coins of another coin. That way, like, and for these first two coins, I spent um, about ten dollars um, getting that much. So I was like, okay, very low entry. Like, if this takes off sometime in the future, if I lose ten dollars, no big deal. If it even increases by a little bit, it's like, okay, I'll get some gain out of it. But if, if it even gets to a dollar, like like you bought oh, a billion yeah. coins, if it gets to a dollar a coin, right? Yeah, and then you just automatically become a billionaire. I think that's how the internet and money works in the future. I'm well, pretty yeah. sure that's and, how it's going to happen. And get ready to know the IRS um, exclusively 30, if that were yeah. to happen. Thirty-seven percent of anything you earn, apparently, they will take because you know. They also did some hard work on that. Anyway, so because I'm doing they, a deep dive. Oh, so, yeah, I'm doing a deep dive into cryptocurrencies because for some reason I had this dread this week that it's like I need to prepare for the future financially for my kids so that they're not left um, with nothing. 
Um, Rusted says, Japan is really harsh on cryptos. I think there's some special and really high tax on them. Um, my son is my CIO. Um, and I like really have this dread for some reason that I need to have something for my kids, like savings accounts, multiple different ways for them to save so that there'll be something for them. Um, depending on if they decide to go to college or not, if they decide to do a mission or not. So like, I need something for them. Cause like one thing when we were growing up, like we, like dad worked hard all the time, but we didn't really, he didn't, they weren't, mom and dad weren't able to leave us anything to like help us out. They helped us out as much as they could. SJ, how's it going? Um, welcome. You, we've just started talking about investments of the future. So this is what you're in for as we talk about this stuff on the freelancer codex. And mom and dad worked really hard to give us what they could. Like they sacrificed a lot, right? They did. And 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 again, not to not to slight mom and dad's work ethic or not, but but we are we're we're not I mean, we're what am I trying to say here? We want we, we want to do better than the generation that came before us. But, but but again, that's not to say that they did a poor job, right? right? So so that's not what we're saying in any way. We, just different opportunities that existed from where we grew up to where we are now to the even the things available at the time. Like I know that that the stock stock market was available when mom and dad were were raising the kids that they were raising. Um, so that's it was just different. It's a yeah. different time. Could you imagine there, if like Bitcoin was like something in 1985? And they're like, "All right, everyone, you've got a mine." Not, not on this. only, not only that. If 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 you could go back in time, knowing what you know now, do we find a way to get mom and dad set up with Bitcoin? Right? When did it? When did it show up? Bitcoin? In two thousand and eight, I believe. No, maybe two thousand and twelve. Anyway, it's it's been about ten or eight or ten years since it popped up. Okay, so it's not as old as I thought it was. Um, but even even again, just. Just the knowledge of how that worked. I mean, I, I don't know if, if a lot of people knew what it was, yeah, what, the, what the stock market was then. Um, I think a few people know better what it is now. And just the things that happen, right? It's all about it's all about kind of the opportunities and really what you value, right? Mom and dad gave us more than just than just um, monetary inheritance. They They taught us how to be fruitful. They taught us how to be caring. They taught us how to be good parents. They taught us how to work hard for everything. And they did t teach us to put some stuff away so for a rainy day. So yeah, SJ, it, it was definitely, it's definitely different. Yeah, SJ in the chat says, I think most parents want their children to do better than themselves. I agree. And so that's what, that's what, we're, that's what I am trying to focus on right now, figure out different ways so that they can just kind of have, you know, College is expensive and it's tough, especially like now it'd be like, you're going to go to college, you're going to do it for four years, and then you're going to have debt for the rest of your life. Congratulations. This will never, you'll never get well, out from under this. Well, but also, um, I know a few people who, who, because of their talents and their abilities, they were able to work really hard over a summer, save up enough for that year's worth of tuition, room and board, everything that they needed go to college without having to have a job so they could focus really hard and solely on education, getting good grades, learning what it is that they wanted to go to to go to school and not really have to worry about a job or or that stuff that comes that comes with. And I think that's a benefit to people who who are trying to go to school, um, you know, whether it be whether it be university or even a trade school, learning a skill, um, which are both extremely valuable. 
and and definitely nothing to be scoffed at. And that ability to kind of really focus on that, I think, is huge. And and it would be nice to be able to give our kiddos that ability, either through hey, you know, college is paid for, you get to focus on it, or hey, this is the trade, this is this is what you need to be able to do school full time and really focus on it. So. I definitely think that, that there are some ways to do it and some better things um, that can be done for kiddos. Yeah, I agree because, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be for college because, you know, college isn't yeah. for everyone. And I rem- It's not. And, like, if I'm not going to force my kids to go to college because, like, I got a college degree and I do nothing with it. Like, I should have just saved four years of my life and a lot of money and, like, figured out what I wanted to do first before because before it's like nope you go to college you get out of high school and you go to college here's a bunch of tests that tell you what college you can go to fill out all these forums and this is your future and i just don't think it's like that anymore there's a lot of good trade schools where you can learn good valuable skills like you said so well and again that speaks more to like like preparation like what is it that you're gonna do yeah do we have these things available for you to know that you know if we would have known right out of high school that college maybe not where i need to go um, I could do something else, right? But yeah, but yeah, we're saying the same thing. We did say the same thing. We should say it one more time. Anyway, so but, I d- went down that journey on cryptocurrencies, and hopefully, I will not go bankrupt. Um, yeah, and then it was a bunch of movies, but we don't have to talk about those. So there's been some video game news, but nothing I'm really interested in talking about. There was a Nintendo showcase that happened today that I'm going to dive into. Really, like, I've just been, like, super busy with soccer practice, a bunch of stuff that's... Oh, speaking of soccer practice, I have a story. I have to look around and make sure my wife's not listening, though. So my wife is helping coach the um, the younger kids at soccer. I don't think she'll mind me telling this story. Um, and they're playing the, in soccer. They have this little drill called sharks and minnows, right? So one kid is the shark, and all the other children, all the other kids are minnows, and they line up on a line, and they have their soccer ball, and they have to kick their soccer ball to the other line, to the other side of the field, and if they get there, they're safe. If the shark gets their ball and kicks it out of the zone, then that minnow becomes a shark, right? Very simple. It's a very fun game. The kids love this game because they can run across, and it's a fun game. I don't know if it teaches them anything. I mean, maybe it teaches them ball handling skills, or you just kick it as hard as you can across the field. I'm not sure. Um, so anyway, this kid, and it must have been like six or seven-year-old kid, let's say seven for the sake of the story. They started a new round, and Aaron was like, all right, kid, you are now a shark. And this kid just started bawling, like hysterically broke down, just crying and was devastated that my wife turned him into a shark. I don't know if the seven-year-old thought that he was like now going to become a shark for the rest of his life before playing this game or what, but just completely like broke down. Poor kid like made himself vomit on the field because of how hysterical he got because my wife turned him into a shark. So... That's my story. And of course, you can guess where the parents were, Mike, because like, hey, where's your parents? They're not there because for some reason they just leave their kid there. And now the kid's throwing up and his parents aren't around. And now he thinks he's a shark. So that's that story. Maybe I shouldn't have told that story. Was it was it my kid, was it? It might have been your kid. Did you just that's drop off your kids? And you're like, all right, thanks for another hour of uh, babysitting I don't have to pay for. Um... I don't have that mentality, but I guess but, technically you saw it. But my like my my oldest, I do drop him off while I take care of the youngers. Yeah, but he doesn't um, think he's going to turn into a shark, though. I hope. That's I mean that's true. 
Um, that's true. He doesn't think he's going to turn into a shark, but maybe he wants to be I a got, shark. I got a lot of kids in, in soccer right now, so I got a lot of practices I need to be at. So, yeah. All sometimes, right. Sometimes, sometimes I drop them off and say, "Here's your water bottle." You know how to get a hold. Coaches know how to get a hold of me if they need me. I guess that's true. All right. So that is a bunch of that nonsense that we've talked about. I think it's time for us to dive into Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then we'll kick it off with this. Oh, spoiler alert. There will be spoilers. Rule number two. What was rule number two? Nobody gets hurt. It's a big one. And why isn't there rule number one? I always wanted to be an Avenger. Oh, man. It's a dream come true, you know? <laughs> we need someone to inspire us again. Someone who can be a symbol for all of us. We need new heroes. Michael, this is episode four. The whole world is watching is the title the of the episode. The whole world is watching. There, after this episode, there are only two episodes left for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I want to ask you a question. It's a very serious question. Do you like the show? Um, right now, it would be not trending so fresh. I am having a hard time with it currently, especially after this episode. I agree. I think episode four in particular adds a lot of stuff into the show that seems like it is just kind of piling on the layers and the characters, but it doesn't seem to go many places except for a few things that happen towards the end that we'll talk about. It's very weird watching the show because you don't really know like who or what is the good guy or the bad guy or are there any bad guys or is it just like... I don't know. This is the thing that happened in between these big movies, and there you go. Because it does, I don't think the show really has a sense of what it wants to be yet. And that's kind of scary to me because we only have two episodes remaining. However, I will tell you that the opening of this episode is probably one of my favorite scenes so far from this series. So as we open in Wakanda, Bucky and Ao are sitting around a fire and Ao starts reciting the activation words for Bucky and Bucky is like I don't think we should do this and then Ao's like it'll be fine I can handle myself and Bucky starts having flashbacks as the Winter Soldier from all the movies and this scene I think is really cool because they're sitting around a fire it's dark it's just those two Bucky does not have his arm on you can tell that he is in distress you can see that there's kind of like Ao and Bucky have like really good chemistry in these very short amount of time. You can tell that Ao like actually cares for Bucky and what she's doing. She's kind of taking on this task to free Bucky of everything that he's done while he was the Winter Soldier. Um, and when Ao finishes, Bucky doesn't change. He remains James um, Barnes, and he just starts crying. And Ao has this look of like, we did it. Like, you're free now. And she says at the end, you're free. And I really, really like this scene. And I think because of part, part of the, like, the mysticism of her like figuring out some way to heal him, it's done in Wakanda where it's just those two. 
like the confidence that she has, like, if this goes bad, I can take care of myself because we know that the, um, the elite group of warriors that guard the king, like they're pretty boss. Right. And it just felt like this is part of the story that I wanted. I think this is the story that I wanted that I didn't know I wanted until I got, until we got this scene, because I think it would have been a much more interesting take on Falcon and the Winter Soldier instead of dealing with the Flag Smashers. What did you think about the opening? Uh, hey, we're back in Wakanda because we because they were introduced last episode. Okay, let's see. Let's see how it goes. Bucky's free. Cool. I didn't. I was okay with it. I didn't. I did. I definitely did not look at it like you have looked at it. It It's not my favorite, but it's it's something that happened. Right. We don't really get how it was done we just know that it's done which is almost kind of like okay it's it's a thing now that that he's in control of himself so cool and that's why i said like i would much rather have had that story because it really is like it's a redemption story and we talk about tropes and we talk about different you know storytelling um mechanics and like the redemption stories, it's a fun thing that I enjoy exploring in fiction and in a bunch of stuff. And to figure out how they did that, I would have rather watched that show than the thing that we're currently watching. Despite like really liking Sam and Bucky, like the rest of the show, I could like, oh, whatever. I mean, I don't know. Even because I would rather like go back and follow Isaiah's story than the Flag Smashers, because the Flag Smashers are very milk toast, and not many people like milk toast. All right, so as we go back to the streets, um, Bucky's talking with Io and explains that they need Zemo um, because he's got some information that they need, and Io gives Bucky eight hours. Eight hours, White Wolf. Then we come for him. Yeah, so maybe some respect, like, all right, you got eight hours, then we're just going to come take him, so... Get done what you need to get done. Why? Why not have them go with them so as soon as they're done they can take Zemo, just in case he's got an escape plan. Not trying to give away spoilers or anything, but and you've you've got eight out. Why? You know, I asked myself this question. Time stamp like like eight hours. Does that does that mean if we go through a time zone that we gain an hour and then we lose an hour? Like why eight hours? What? Um, eight hours stores is... might not be open in eight hours. We might need to go get some more bullets. Can can we get an extension on this eight hours? What if I need overtime? There's just... probably no overtime. Eight hours is the standard workday. So she's like, all right, you got eight hours, get it done. You know what? If Bucky was like, hey, you can come help us. Like, I mean, they're dealing with some super soldiers. Um, they clearly are able to handle themselves against super soldiers. So would it have been smart for them to help out? Yeah, probably. They probably could have just swooped in, taken out Carly, took her back and be like, all right, here you go. However, that just doesn't happen. So, However, we need we needed three more episodes. Oh, man. Yeah. So we're back at the safe house and the trio that Sam, Bucky and Zemo, they read news of the Flag Smashers attack, um, attack where they killed a bunch of people and their demands. Zemo argues that Carly needs to be stopped quickly because she's a supremacist and that the serum will always lead down the path of more killing and supremacy. And Zemo also argues that anyone that wants to become a superhero can't be separated from supremacist ideals. The desire to become a superhuman cannot be separated from supremacist ideals. Anyone with that serum 
is inherently on that path. She will not stop. She will escalate until you kill her. Or she kills you. Um, I think, you know, first when Steve and the Red Skull, I forget what his name was before he became the Red Skull. What was it? Um, um, it was, it was, wait for it. I just had it on the tip of my tongue. Agent um, Smith. Um, Elrond. No, um, those are his names. We'll just call him Elrond for now. So Schmidt. Schmidt. Was it Schmidt? Levi, Schmidt, what was his first name? Leroy Jenkins. I'll look, so, it, I'll look it up while you as, as you know, we were learning about the serum and how it changes as a person, it was like, all right, it changes. If you're bad, it makes you worse. If you're good, if you're good it makes you better. Um, I think we kind of lose that whole thing throughout this series. because And Zemo, of course, is very biased. He like, wants to kill anyone that wants to um, create these super soldiers because his family was killed by the Avengers through a bunch of stuff that happened. And he like wants to stop them. So he's like, anyone that takes it, they need to be stopped because they're going to want to be better than everyone and they're going to want to start killing people. So, so that's one, just of my problems, one of my problems, I'm going to interrupt you. His name is Johann Schmidt. And one of one of the problems I have with Zemo is I don't buy that as his motivations. Like he is, he is, I, I, I don't buy that as his motivations. And, and I'm having a real hard time getting behind his ideology because, pardon me. I'm having a hard time getting behind his ideology because it doesn't track. It doesn't fit. Like I need to kill everybody who wants to be a superhero. Like that doesn't be because, because I, I don't, I don't buy his motivations. I guess it also makes him a radical because he wants to wipe out a whole group of people that are superheroes. So you could go with that way too. All right. So the serum never corrupted Steve. And also like Steve never went looking to be altered. He just wanted to fight any way that he could. And it just so happened that um, SJ says that was his motivation back in Civil War. And and it was, however, like, and I was thinking about this. So Zemo wanted, he also wanted to punish Tony and tear the Avengers apart. Like he killed the other super soldiers that were stuck up there in the Arctic on ice. He killed them. So then his mission should have been done. Like he never really tried to kill Steve, which is something that he should have been doing unless he figured Tony would kill Steve, which is also, I don't know. It's, I guess we could go back and we can like deep dive into what exactly his motivations were, but we'll have to do that later, I guess. But yeah, so Steve like was never really searching for like the power to be a super soldier. He just wanted to fight. And that was just kind of the path that he was set on. He was, he didn't go into the army looking to be, you know, Hey, I'm going to do this. So, um, the serum never corrupted him and the trio, Sam's just like, you know, they have funerals. Maybe they're going to have like a, a vigil for the Danya. And they're like, I don't know. I guess we'll go find that. So the Flag Smashers are like, oh, man, we're hanging out in this tiny little camp, listening to the news report. I can't tell if all of the Flag Smashers are fully on board with what Carly is doing after they hear that, like, they killed people. And we have to remember that Carly, like, didn't tell anyone she was going to blow up all those people. You'd have to wonder if, like, some of them were like, oh, we shouldn't have done that. Or they're just like all on board that they're just like kind of murderers now. So I'm not sure exactly like if we're supposed to think that they're all just, they're all good with it. I don't know. It was, it was kind of a weird, 
like seen to be showing while they're listening to the stuff that they did. And one of the interesting things is the report talks about the flag smashers on this global level that everyone's starting to pay attention and that they're now a global threat. It's also one of those things where we really haven't seen that. We're just being told that they're a global threat, but there's so few of them that there's not like I would that we know of. Right. And maybe that's what that maybe that's what they're insinuating. If there there are more cells popping up. I mean, maybe, maybe but maybe, maybe even just copycat cells who have kind of seen, you know, this is what they do. This is kind of the masks that they wear. And so I like this too. So maybe I'll be this. Maybe it's not like, you know, the actual fan club members, but maybe just, you know, and, and I guess again, and again, it's, it's creating maybe some false stakes. Like, like does, does it, does this, does this group need to be global for you to be able to tell your story? Like, and, like and, if it is if it is global, are you just setting it up that even if you do take out this cell that we've seen on on screen, that another cell could arise if needed somewhere else down the road to have um, you know Ant Man go after in his spinoff series? You know, I don't know, so. but really, like the only reason that this cell in particular in particular is it is effective because of the superhero serum, right? Yeah. Otherwise, they like wouldn't really have needed it anyway. So as they go looking for Danya, they go down to this old neighborhood. Um, Zemo gives candy to people. Like no one told these kids never to take candy from strangers. Apparently, because they're just all about taking candy from strangers. Zemo gets the trust. They go and find out where they needed to go. And then when they get back to the home base, Zemo's like, "Hey, I know where it's going to be." Sam really wants to try and save Carly for some reason. I'm not sure exactly why. I think. I think that's just in Sam's character. Like he wants to talk first before like going, you know, like taking her down, which is fine. It seems in, on track for Sam to rather like talk it out if the option is there instead of just going in and taking Gun him down, blazing. which is really like the John Walker um, motivation right now. So one thing that's I interesting. Was, I was really interested or not interested, but I was kind of, it was weird about this scene where Zemo is handing out candy to the kids the, the kids actually give him the information on where um, the vigil's going to be, and then he tells the kiddos not to trust Sam and Bucky, thinking that this is going to come full circle in this episode, and the kids aren't going to end up doing something, or Zemo's going to hold on to this information longer than what he does. But a few moments pass, and Zemo kind of gives the information, and then we don't, in this episode at least, that's not revisited again where the kids like are are scared of Bucky and Sam. And I thought that was interesting because once that happened, I was kind of looking to see when that was going to pop up again, but it never did. I don't know if you caught that or if you thought that was weird. No, I, I did catch it and I was going to capture it out and make a clip of it. But then because it doesn't pay off to anything, I was just like, okay, it's just kind of a throwaway line of like, don't trust them. They're bad men. I don't know if it's, because you're right, because nothing comes of it. In le- yeah, like he wasn't and, like and then, trying to be the Pied Piper and get all these kids to like become warriors for him. Anyway, so right. Sam calls Sharon for help, and while Sharon is talking on the phone, she's walking through a tiny army of people in Lowtown. There's been a lot of speculation that she is the power broker on the internet. And she says she can help with the satellite or two. And during the blip, I would imagine gaining a control of satellites was probably pretty easy because there's probably thousands of them up there. And like the technician just blipped out. So if you were still alive, you could just roll into 
satellites are us and like just take control of a couple of them and you know put them into your into your employee is that um, how they work I'm pretty sure that's how it is. So one thing that, you know, kind of leads me to believe that Sharon is the power broker is that I've been disappointed by so many TV shows in the recent, um, recently that I'm like, okay, if, sure. If she becomes the power broker, I won't be surprised. It'll just be like, oh, that's real lame. But I won't be surprised yeah. by it because it's like a weird it, way to go. However. It will not be a twist. It will not be something... Like if, if anybody from, if any of the showrunners are listening, like you're not going to surprise us when she is, when it's revealed that she's the power broker. And, and I think we talked about this last week, right? Because, because obviously she's the power broker because she broke a rule last, you know, she broke a rule during the blip in giving Steve and Sam their shield and wings. And so, obviously, with her skill set, she has to be evil now. Yeah, which which makes no sense because they do. Yeah, because they pardon Bucky anyway. So you don't want to go into this blind, Sharon. Listen, I know I owe you already, but we could use a trustworthy set of eyes on the camp. You got any more tricks in your bag? I may or may not have access to a satellite or two. Let me see what I can do. Thank you. Hey Sam, you got to play this out. If Carly disappears, we're not going to find that serum until it's too late. The power broker went apeshit when he heard about Nagel. He wants the serum back. You killed the golden goose. Magic poor is about to get real nasty. I'm sorry. Don't apologize. Just find Carly. And if you look at that like interaction from the eyes that she's the power broker, it's like, okay. However, like I was thinking, like if she is the power broker and she's tracking Sam, they can find Carly, unless she just doesn't really want to play her cards yet. And she'd rather let Bucky like take Carly out without revealing who she actually is so she can continue doing the work that she is like well, we'll and, see. That's, like, and that's interesting because because now you have to start putting the pieces together on what on what the power broker is actually doing because at the beginning the power broker is the one that got the flag smashers this serum right it was a quote-unquote loan that they could have this serum and and again going through this if sharon's the power broker she expected to have her scientist who could make serum and make serum and make serum. Now that there's a finite amount, she wants it back. But for what? What does she want it back for? Sell and, it for and why did she loan it out in the first place? Right? Like, yeah. like she saw what it did to Steve. Is she trying to? Is she trying to create a group of Steves? Like, like what is? What is the purpose here? And again. What is her motivation? Why is she doing this? And and why should we care that she's doing this? Well, I guess the real question is, if you have a group of Steves, what do you call a group of Steves? It is true. I thought Sharon was a good character in the beginning when she was introduced. I, I rooted for her. She she wasn't a main figure, but she had enough screen time where you're like, okay, this is this is someone who can move plot along, but this is also someone to where to where going through Steve's um, Steve's arc that that could maybe take the place of Peggy, right? We we saw that coming in Civil War. That was that was a, a scene that that I think everybody enjoyed because of the way it was played off by Sam and Bucky and their their interaction during that scene. And we thought, okay, she's going to be a good character. And if and if she turns out to be who she who we think she is, that I mean. I mean, MCU, what are you doing? Like, like really, really, what are you doing? Yeah. Is Everything is now, now so morally ambiguous 
that that we don't know who to root for now. Or and, and maybe and Steve, maybe that's the point, and maybe that's what I what I don't like so much about it. Right? I I, I like my stories to be to be, you know, good versus evil, not kinda good versus kinda evil and and sometimes good versus sometimes evil. I and, and maybe that's just me. I don't know what it is in my psyche that I need my heroes to be heroes and I need my villains to be unredeemable. Although I don't think I need my villains to be unredeemable, right? So the Grinch the Grinch went through his redemption arc and I think um, it's and fine. That was if, fine. Yeah, I think it's no, fine if it's I don't, done well. I don't know if it's fine. Like yeah, I know where you're coming well. from, but like, like Loki, I'm having a hard time with this. More, yeah, with Loki. Like, like Loki, pick a side, man. Pick one, just yeah, one, just he, just pick one. He's the god of mischief. Like that's what he do. So yeah, and and, and I would and I would stab him in the back too if I were Thor. I guess Thor didn't stab him. Yeah, he did. No, he Loki, Loki kind of stabbed. Anyway, so yeah. cut to the graveyard where Carly and Thug One grab the serum from their super secret hiding spot. It's in a graveyard. They have a weird conversation about captain america's shield for some reason someone who understands that today's heroes don't have the luxury of keeping their hands clean what we're doing will outlive the legacy of that shield that shield is a monument to a bygone era a reminder of all the people history just left out if anything that shield should be destroyed I don't know why so many people have an opinion on what Cap Shield actually means. Like, I wonder if they're like, hey, remember that time Steve Rogers destroyed Shield and went against the government? Remember that time where Steve Rogers went against the Sokovia Accords and like broke out his buddies out of jail and was on the run? Like, they talk about like it's a symbol of a bygone era. Like, I don't exactly know like where people are getting like that this shield is like holding up this weird system of oppression for all these people. When Steve Rogers was like, I'm going to like, he went about doing the best that he could, like no matter what people told him to do. So I don't understand like what would destroying the shield do? It's like people keep saying it's a symbol of something, but I don't know like, I don't understand like what there's what they think the shield actually is. Like I know what they want us to believe it is, but even if you like if you destroy the shield, what changes about your situation? Nothing. The shield would be gone. But like who cares? I guess. Like I'm just confused like what they're trying to do with the symbology of the shield. And why it's coming up so often, and and really, and we're being reminded, that, yeah, shoehorned. That something and- is going to happen, right? The shield is going to be important in this series in some way, but again, why? Because because the shield is something completely different in John Walker's hands than it is in Steve Rogers' hands. I and I and I think that's I think that's being missed. I think I think the showrunners are trying to say that the shield is what makes Captain America Captain America. But either either we're supposed to have this feeling for the S.H.I.E.L.D. and the showrunners are doing a great job, or they're really missing the boat in, in thinking that the S.H.I.E.L.D. is something more important than what it is. I agree. It, 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 it just seems really weird to me. And so 
Um, Rusted says, I haven't seen any episodes, but this is how it comes across to me. Yeah. You know why, Rusted? Because we do such a good job at explaining it. That's why you know everything that you need to know about this show. It just really works. All right. So you know what will solve everyone's problems? Just steroids. This serum is how we make change. But first we pay our respects to Mama Danya. You know what? I think the serum is a symbol of a bygone era and the serum needs to be destroyed and everyone would be better without the serum. I think, Steve, I, I actually feel really, and I'm going to like part from what, from what I've been saying for most of the time. I really feel bad for those flag smashers having like their symbol that the person that they've all looked up to who is, who is kind of on her way out of this life. And, and I, and I kind of wish that they had something in their possession that could just have healed Miss Danya. Cause like that would have, that would have gone so far to like help them find direction. I just wish something existed yeah. that, that they could have given her to, to help her survive. I mean, and, like, and I think if, if you go through the list of things that could have helped her, like, what did they have? I mean, they stole a lot of like vaccines and antibodies. They stole a bunch of stuff that they could have given her. Like, they didn't give her that. Like, I mean, is there anything else in their possession that they could have used to, like, help her? You know what? I can't think of absolutely anything, especially in this scene, when they're in that graveyard, grabbing grabbing the uh, the serum that they needed to, yeah. to help make change. They probably, I can't think of anything that they could have used to keep this woman alive. And it's sad. Um, it's sad that it played out that way. It was, Really, it was an unpreventable death that no one could have done anything about. At like, all. I mean... I mean I mean, they had no options. They didn't have they didn't have twenty different things that they could have given her. No, they like, needed those like, to make just, more yeah, it was strong just, people. Nope, we're we're done. We got nothing. Can't think of anything to do to help save this lady. Yeah, who it is really dying. is. It really is sad. Like you just no, we got to make some dudes that can punch harder. We can't give this um, superhero serum to you that could potentially help you live and continue to lead these refugees into a better place. Mm-hmm. We'll just let you die, I guess. Anyway, so they're going to make a change by <laughs> not giving it to sick people. I hope you all people. caught that. I, I'm pretty sure. We, I think we hammered that home pretty good. Also, you know what you should do? Instead of bringing everyone you want to turn into a super soldier to the location where the super soldier serum is, instead of doing that, I think we should put it in a fanny pack and we should just carry it around knowing full well you are being tracked down by um, Sam Wilson Bucky Barnes, and then Lamar Hoskins, and John Walker, and, you know, just a bunch of people that really want to find you and kill you. Uh, not to mention, you know, the power broker who has satellites. In a, when, in a soft in a soft case fanny pack with glass vials. In a place Please. where you could bribe kids with candy to get the information that you need. If 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 anybody out there is planning on on writing a show Please think your please, please keep it in your the back of your head that your audience is intelligent. She also gives a speech while she's just holding on to those things and like. Oh, and I was like riveted by this speech. You, you probably you probably grabbed an awesome clip from it. Why don't you play it? Um, I don't even know if I did because it was not a good speech, and I don't think we're there yet. Um, 
it was not a good speech. It, it wasn't. So John and Lamar find the trio and they're like, hey, I'm Captain America. You got to stop because I'm the cap. And Sam's like, uh, I don't think so. But the person closest to her died. She's vulnerable. If there's any time to reason with her, it's now. But no, wait, no. No, stop. Hold on, stop. Okay, I think we're way past reasoning with her. Unless you forgot the fact that she blew up a building with people still in it. Sam, you walk in there cold, she could kill you, man. And if I go in hot and the op goes wrong, more people will die. Are you going to let him do this? Are you going to let your partner walk into a room with a super soldier alone? He's dealt with worse, and he's not my partner. I used to counsel soldiers dealing with trauma, okay? This is right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, I know, and I know those soldiers, which is why I know this is a bad idea. Wait, John. If you can talk her down, it might be worth a try. Lamar Hoskins got one deep voice, man. So like and, I and he can one eighty like real quick. Yeah, and, really and you did. know what, Steve? Um, when when your wife was dealing with that with that kiddo who thought he was turning into a shark today, yeah. And 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 he was without all reason in in the midst of something very very devastating. Was he was she able to reason with him? Absolutely not. I don't I don't know why people say that. In the middle of your in the middle of your deepest, deepest, darkest moment, you're able to be reasoned with. Well, that's not really true. I think Sam, I I like this scene for the callback to like, hey Sam, this is what he did before mm -hmm. he like was recruited, stole a bunch of stuff to go help Cap and Natasha. Like it's a callback to like, oh yeah, people had lives before they became superheroes. So that part, hey, thanks Mulehorn for the for that raid there i appreciate it a few seconds ago blow it up i'll do all that blow up things we're talking about marvel stuff so we're gonna blow up all the all the marvel things so i appreciate that they are going back to what sam was what he did and the skill set that he has like that makes sense we very rarely talk about what these people did beforehand so i i like that aspect about it and you know what sam probably has dealt with these people he's been around super powered people as a normal person that maybe he feels like he can relate and he can talk these people down, which I think is a great thing that like Sam wants to be a hero instead of going in and just um, taking people on. Mulehorn says, and I, and I do appreciate Sam's um, optimism that he can because he doesn't want to punch first. Right. So that's that's cool. But here it's a, I think it's a little bit too giddy optimism. It probably is. All right. So um, Zemo uses his uh, his what's the Oliver and Company? Is that where they take all the kids and the kids still all the... Not Oliver and Company, Oliver Twist. Oliver and Company is with the cat and the dog. That's a little bit different. But it's also the same story, different. but with a cat and a dog. Because there's the guy that has the dogs and the animals steal a bunch of stuff. Anyway, neither here nor there. So the kids lead them to the service because Zemo like, gave them candy. And these kids don't know any better. This kid is like 10. They should know to stop taking things from strangers. Especially weird strangers. They dance weird. John Cause, gives because those are the gifts we needed. Yeah. So John says, "All right, Sam, you got ten minutes, or I'm coming in there, just like you do when you, you know you give someone a time limit." Um, Carly gives a speech at the funeral, which is usually when you're at a funeral, you're expecting nice, calm, kind words. Carly sees Sam up in the rafters, and she's like, "And now I'm going to give this speech," and it's just a weirdly weird speech. Um, she has a serum on her right now. Um, I don't know why she she could have just. You're right. She could have just saved that lady's life with giving her the serum. Anyway, Carly's like, we're one world, one people. Let's see, I have that. But the struggle is what brings us all together. People who have nothing in common. For we are, after all, simply one world and one people. 
You know, and as we listen to her speech and we like, you know, I guess we can compare it to all the other speeches like Captain America gave because they're kind of, they want to set her up as like the Captain America of the Flag Smashers. Like, you know, Cap's really good at giving speeches. Carly, not so much. She says like one world, one people, except for the people that they want to kill. Like other than those people, then we can be one world, one people. We're we're not talking about those people, right? right? We're talking about these people who who existed outside of the blip like like that's who we want to that's who we want to save you know what we need like either a novelization or some story um so mulehorn in the chat says the serum i think twisted her and i think you're right and i think we're going to dive into like how it changes people and what it's actually doing to her just like it did to cap 2.0 um so i think the serum is changing her and it's kind of affecting her brain but um you know, we need like we need a deep dive into what actually happened after the blip. We need to know like we need just small stories of people like that inhabited at home got kicked out when people reappeared cuz like there's some really dark places you can go like if parents blipped out and they had kids, like what happened to those kids if they weren't even old enough to defend for themselves? People that got remarried and then, you know, a wife comes back or a husband comes back and they're like for them, it was like seconds. And for the other person, they've moved on, mourned, found a new life, had kids, and it's just got to be like so jarring. And then people are being displaced. Like, I think we, I would love to like just dive into those kind of stories and get like a more, this is actually what happened instead of just like the blip recap that we got in Spider-Man. Anyway, so as we go back to the funeral, um, we also know that living through a big tragedy like a pandemic doesn't necessarily bring us all together. Like the blip, they said it brought us all together and it brought unity. And I'm like, really? Did it though? Did it just like everyone's like, all right, we're cool. Like, eh, I don't think it probably did. Um, so then Sam gets down there and it's like, Sam, like Carly, I'm really sorry. Sorry for your loss. Don't condescend to me. I'm not a child. I'm not condescending. I know what it feels like to lose someone. Believe me. No, you don't. Not like this. I just want to say, believe it or not, there are a lot of people that can relate to the problems that we have in life. Most of the time, there are people that have gone through similar things that we have. Not all the time. Not maybe 100% the same things that we've gone through. But there are people in the world that know how you're feeling. And they can help you. To assume that you're the only person that's ever gone through anything is a weird assumption to make. Like, no one can help me. And it's, it's sad that people feel that way. Because there's help for people that like are struggling and are going through bad things. Like people have, and I don't know if he's talking about the Danya like passing away, which would be really hard if that's like the figure of your community. But also, like, it's not like that's the only time someone has died and people have like felt loss. So to be like, you don't know what I'm going through. It's like, it's just, it's just weird. It's like TV trope 101. Anyway. So the war, well, Carly says the war started when the vanished returned and people were kicked out of their home after about five years, which is a tough situation. Carly says millions of people need her. I don't know why. They started a war as soon as they kicked us out of our new homes and onto the street. People all around the world need me, millions of them. Right, I can't speak for millions, but I understand you. If millions of people need you, maybe the best thing to do is not to get put on the most wanted list where you're being hunted potentially being thrown into prison maybe you figure out different ways 
in order to help millions of people around. Maybe you organize. I'm not sure. I've never had to organize millions of people, but it just seems like killing people and stealing stuff might not be the way, best way to go. You know, and Mule brought up that's, that. That's not a good thing. I don't think it is. Mule brought up like the serum is probably doing something. And we talked about this with like Steve and Johan and the differences that it had. And maybe the way it's changing her to be like, this is the only way to fight now. And maybe as a survivor, she's just trying to survive. And the serum is amplifying her survivortude. I guess that's a word that I'm just going to make up. So it could be that that is what it's doing. And she's just in pure survival mode, doing what she can, trying to figure out how to help as many people as possible. I mean, that's one thing that, again, they don't really play on in this series at all. It's never mentioned how it changes you. All we know is like it makes you really strong. And that's it. It doesn't do anything else other than make you strong. Well, but but Dr. Erskine, he told us what it what it did in in First Avenger, right? He said it makes and and it's a very basic, but it's all that we have. It makes a bad, it makes a good man better and a bad man worse, right? Oh. So so that's really all we have and that's all we can go on. So so Zemo, I guess is technically right and unless you're and, and I don't want to say it this way, but I started down the road, so I have to finish. Unless you're good when it comes to the serum, you're bad, right? Like, yeah, like the serum ex accentuates whatever it is that's inside you. And unless you're Steve Rogers, you're going to go the other way because that's what it was set up to be. Also, like... Because nobody, nobody else... Well, I don't know if nobody else could have been the first Captain America. I mean, because I'm sure... I'm sure Steve, we all want to believe that he's one in a billion because because we want our heroes. For some reason, we put our heroes aside, kind of like what you said, you know, no one else can can get up there. But but I definitely think there are more people up there. If you look at if you look at lifting Mjolnir as as any type of indicator, of, um, indicator, which which the MCU does like vision could have done it. Thor could have done it. But those two um, didn't need the serum, though. That's the thing, because they were already again. <clears throat> again, that's the thing. But but if they had the serum, it definitely would have accentu accentuated their good side. Um, but I mean, we can look at Isaiah, who is another super soldier that we know of, that you know went to go fight the war and was put in jail for it. Like he went to right. do the right thing. He went to take out Bucky. We don't know a lot of his story um, in this universe right now. But we can assume because of where he is back in his house, like disenfranchised with the government because of the way that they treated him. I mean, Isaiah could have been and probably was another person that was good because yeah. he's not out there trying to murder people and has not gone insane. Right. Right. So we can assume that he was another person that took it and was able to do good with it. I just think that, and also when we talk about this serum, this serum probably is not exactly the same as the serum that Steve was given. It's gone through different iterations. It's a different scientist. You know, we can say that, you know, it does exactly the same thing, but it could be different, giving them different, maybe it doesn't amplify what's good or bad about him. Maybe this is just right. Carly being like, all right, I've started killing people and now I can't really stop. So. Anyway, so where do we leave? leave? Okay, Carly wants to save a million people. She's taking on that thing. And um, so 
Carly asked, you know, the question that everyone asks, like, what if I'm really am doing good? So you want me to stop because people are getting hurt, right? But Sam, what if I'm making the world a better place? It's not a better place if you're killing people. It's just different. I mean, Sam's pretty right, right on the mark. Like, what if I'm making it better by killing all these people? I'm making it better for other people. One of the th um, things that um, Sam told Bucky in episode two is that, you know, when one thing gets good for one group, it gets worse for another group. So Carly's like, I'm making it better for these people, except for those people that I killed. It's probably not good for them. Not probably not good for their families, but everyone else, hey, they're getting the serum, and we only have to kill a couple of people to get to that, right? So, right. And Sam is actually doing a good job of like her not getting all fired up. She's just kind of like, she's also in the position of power where like Sam, I don't know what Sam could potentially do to stop her, unless he's got some like weird, crazy trink darts or something. But mm -hmm. um, she also has the serum on her right now, and she's like not worried at all about that. Like, she's not fidgeting with it. She's not like nervous about it. She's not guarding it or protecting it. I think she may have forgotten that she has it on her. I think so because Sam could like just call in a whole army to like stop them from making more super soldiers. And she's like, I don't know, whatever. I guess I'll just like jump out of here. Anyway, um, John, we cut back to John and Bucky and they're like, John's like getting really antsy. He like wants to go in there, wants to stop her. And Bucky's like, um, give him the time that he needs. Like, and and this is the question that I had during the scene. What is John's overall plan to deal with the super soldier? Like, what is his plan? They got their butts kicked on top of the trucks last time. So what does he think is going to be different now? That is my question. Like, what is his... Does he have like, hey, I've got this thing and it's going to work. Is it just the shield? Because he's going in as a normal person to take on a bunch of super soldiers. So what is his plan like, is there a plan? Is there no plan? I don't, think, I don't think he has one. I don't think anyone has a plan. Does anybody have a plan in the show to do anything? I don't, so far, no. Zemo has a plan. And so far, Zemo's like executed on everything that he's planned. Kill the guy, get rid of the serum. Like, he's executing. Everything, everything he said he wanted to do, he did. Yeah, so like, I just don't understand like what his deal is. Like, let's go in there now and just like take it from her. Like, I don't get what he's trying to do. Anyway, Sam suggests that Carly is being a supremacist because that's what Zemo had told him. That more serum, right? So? Are you going to increase your army? You're killing innocent people. They're not innocent. They're roadblocks in my journey, and I'd kill them again if I had to. Wow. No, 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 no. I didn't mean it like that. You tricked me into sounding like... Like what? If you didn't mean it like that, is there any other way to say that sentence and like mean it in a different way? I'd kill them again if I have to. Um, I don't think so. Like, I mean, should the Avengers just have not undid the snap? Um, I. That's that's a tough question, right? That's a tough question. Yes, because they were avenging, but. But I don't know. Maybe the the consequences of the snap were were very far reaching, right? I mean, it created, and we've talked about this before, but it bears repeating. It's just this is a brand new. It, this is just so brand new world now, and it's tough, man. It's tough. Carly says she's fighting for the people. 
I don't want to keep bringing up things that I have no idea like belong in the show. However, Carly says she's fighting the people that are trying to take Sam's home. Nope, that's wrong. The people I'm fighting are trying to take your home, Sam. Why are you here instead of stopping them? And my sister's waiting for that exact same answer. I'm not your enemy. I agree with your fight. I just can't give it the way you're fighting it. Um, so Carly's fighting against Banks? Is that what she's fighting against? It, is that what you took from that? Like, what did like, you what take are we from supposed, that? What are we supposed to, to get from that? I'm... And and number one, how does Carly know? Or is Carly just speaking in in um, in? Uh, oh shoot, I just lost the word I wanted to say. Is she speaking in uh, metaphoricals? Right? No, that's not the right word. And that's not the right word. Is she speaking in, in hypothetically? Speaking hypothetically? Parameter, I don't know what she's talking about. Like, I'm fighting the people that are trying to take your home. We know that the bank is going to foreclose on the boat. I don't know if she's but, talking about the boat. But I was gonna say, but Carly doesn't know that, and Sam she has another house. She doesn't know that at this point, right? Or is it just like fighting against the government? I don't know exactly like how she's trying to appeal, and like why aren't you fighting right. against them? It's like I don't, I don't know. So again, like I don't know what. Or, or is she, is she making it? Is she making it like? Is she make? Is she trying to make the war sound like something that that it's really not? Right? Is it the government? Is it? Is it the people who have come back that are trying to take his home? Like, like again, you don't know that. And and I don't know, Steve, if everybody who came back was like, all right, I guess that was mine before I left. I I, I realize now. So so this is what happens, right? Someone comes back. They don't know that they've been gone. Yeah. Obviously, the world is 100% different. Yeah. different. There's monuments to the vanished in San Francisco. There's... There's abandoned buildings, stadiums. There's cars on the side of the road. Um, trash everywhere. Trash everywhere. So you come home, you come back, and you're like, okay, something happened. You get what happened, right? Um, so there was a battle in Wakanda. This guy named Thanos snapped his fingers. You were actually gone for five years. You were presumed dead. You were. We moved on. You came back. I know it's just been a second for you, but you can't really expect this to still be yours or uh, can you, or can you go? Yeah, this, this is totally yours now. Have it back. We'll, we'll totally move out. It was yours two seconds ago. Uh, it was yours five years ago. Two seconds ago. Uh, uh. I don't know, man. Like that's a tough thing. And again, that's why like, I would like to like get some sort of fiction that dives into it, that explores, that a little bit more so that you could like ask those questions and you could like play those scenarios out because like no situation would be the same at all for any one yeah. person. Like you said, it would all be different. It would all be handled different. There would be court cases for thousands of years trying to figure out who owns what and who gets what, because like just because you leave something for five years does not give someone the right to take it. Like if you have a home and you're like, I'm gonna go for five years, like that's still your house. But but if but if you're presumed dead, I don't know what the law is on if 
someone is unpresumed. I don't know. We, I don't know. So. Well, if you're presumed dead, then then ownership would transfer to the bank, whoever owns the house, if you have a mortgage. But then if, if you own the house outright, then you'd have to go through lawyers and wills and things like that. Yeah, because um, you can prove you're alive. Like, hey, I'm I'm not dead. You guys got it wrong. So I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so John enters and messes everything up because he couldn't wait 10 minutes. He's got places to be. Um, John quickly gets wrecked by Carly. And Carly escapes. Zemo finds Carly, shoots her, also shoots the fanny pack, luckily enough. Um, all the serum goes all over the place. Zemo's like, hey, look, is this what this is? And he starts destroying all the top, all the vials because you know what? Zemo, as a character, has been consistent with everything that he's been trying to do from the beginning. He wants to destroy the vials. He sets out to destroy the vials. John shows up, hits him in the side of the head with the um, the symbol of, I don't know what Carly called it, something to a bygone era or whatever, knocks Zemo out, and he finds one little canister of ooze. And it reminded me for some reason of the canister of ooze from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Same vibe, well, I think, just a little bit it was smaller. Green. It was green. What was the, what was the company? TR, TRNT? Um, TGIF? TGI. Was it TGIF? No, it wasn't. It sounds um, TGI. Maybe it was just TGI. It, it was something. Anyway, and it was a good company name too. So it was a good company. And they made really big um sunflowers. Anyway, so Carly escapes again. John finds Zemo. I already read that. Um, and Carly is reminded that the power broker is coming for her via text message. Um, why can't the power broker find Carly? Like everyone's... I think I think the power broker can. I think this is one of those because because remember when when Sharon's watching the screen and was it John that popped up on the screen? Yeah, because he got a tracker right? on him. Yeah, because of course she has a tracker on him. Well, you know what she does? Because why not, right? So Carly and Thug Number One. I don't know if he even has a name. I don't know if they ever say it, but he's like the main thug. He doesn't have to wear a mask because you know he's more important than everyone else. They come up with a plan, and it's a good plan too. Because they're like, we need to do something. We cannot fight two wars and win. I'll deal with the power broker when the time comes. And I know a way that we can deal with Sam without getting involved in a direct fight. Yeah. How do you propose we do that? We separate them. And then we kill Captain America. Do you know, Mike, who is not the biggest threat currently to the Flag Smashers? It's just a normal human being. Like John Walker, who has a shield. Like, I don't know why they're like, this is the plan we need to do. We need to kill the symbol of, <laughs> we need to kill see, this symbol. See, and I, and I thought it was a shield this whole time. I thought that's what they were going for. I don't know why, like, this is the plan. The plan now is to kill, like, it just seems very weird to me. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm completely off and I just, like, am totally missing what the show is really about. And that's fine. I could totally do that. So we go back to the hero's base. If Sharon is the power broker and she knew exactly where Carly was when Sam went to go after him, I still think she just like doesn't want to show her hand and is just waiting for Bucky to do all the hard work because why blow her cover and get, you know? Well, and I and I think it's supposed to be a big reveal for us. Two and again, like like if it is for us us the audience to give us one of those oh no, oh my gosh, I don't believe it things. Like you're wasting your time. Tell your story and stop trying to set up um, internet memes of reaction videos and 
and you know have your show live on that way just tell your story yeah um wait in the chat says he didn't oh so when i say he took the serum i mean he just like put it in his pocket like he took possession yeah. of it yeah he hasn't taken it yet so when yeah. we get back to home base but he does oh surprise hey spoilers. he does um, Rusted in the chat says, you're assuming Marvel slash Disney has good writers. That's a direct comment to you, Mike. Um, Man, all right. I, I, I want, they, they used to. I think they still they, do. I just think this is a show that struggling during a pandemic. So Zemo. I don't, I don't think it's Sam. even that, Steve. I May, think wow. I'm just going to we'll get into it later. I know. Writing's, I know. Writing's, I'm salty. Writing's hard. And were you ever offered it? What? Zero. No. If you had been, hypothetically, that is, would you have taken it? No. No hesitation. That's impressive. Yeah, I'd probably take it if I was offered it. Um, Zemo says Carly's gone and Sam shouldn't hope for her and that superhero shouldn't exist. Um, Sam's like, you know, maybe blood isn't always the solution. So John kicks in the door. He doesn't just open the door. John, like, has to kick in the door. I don't know why. Like... Just open the because door, John. We, like, be a normal because person. Because we have to know he took the serum. Well, I mean, no, so he hasn't taken it yet. He this has, is, when he no. kicks open the door? No, he hasn't taken it yet. He just kicks open the door because he has to kick open the door. So he threatens to go one-on-one with, one with Sam. So this is, and then, okay, so if John and Sam go one head-to-head, one-on-one, <laughs> if they go one-on-one, Mike, who wins? Does Sam win or if, does John if, win? Who and who? Sam, Sam and, and John? John, yep. Currently, both normal. Um, John's like, I'll put the shield down so it's fair. Like, who wins that fight? I don't I don't know. Sam hasn't... I guess he has been in it, right? He's been he's been fighting crime. Not, late, not lately in the last few episodes. He hasn't been battling too much. He definitely... See, his skill set, he needs his wings, right? right. That's, that's kind of where he's better. So, I don't know. I think... I think um, given their given their superhero mantras, I think Sam wins. But one on one, I think John has the advantage. Wade says he thinks Sam. He fought with Cap and probably has better training. I think if you were to take the D and D character sheets of Sam and John Walker, um, John is a fighter. Sam is a ranger because he has the wings. Um, John probably wins this one if it's just a straight one on one strength wise. Remember, he went. He was like studied in MIT. Okay. They like studied him, his physical prowess. And he was like, you're the physical guy there. Anyway, so John kicks down the door. And guess who shows up? The Dora Milaje. They show up. And then John makes a fool of himself like immediately. The Dora Milaje don't have jurisdiction here. The so. Dora Milaje have jurisdiction wherever the Dora Milaje find themselves to be. One thing I like in fiction is like um, super elite groups of people. Like in the Wheel of Time, you have the Aes Sedai. Like, I just, I think it's cool when they're like, yeah, we just do what we want because you can't really stop us. I kind of dig on that. That's a that's a trope that I actually enjoy that I will not fight against if it's in any TV show or fiction that I consume. So anyway, there's a fun battle because, you know, there's going to be a battle and John makes a fool of himself. He gets his butt kicked, him and uh, Lamar. And... Zemo escapes because, like, of course, no one's going to pay attention to the evil mastermind that you have in your base while you're busy fighting people off when you could just, like, have a conversation and just, like, hey, why don't we stop this? So he pieces out, 
Bucky tries to uh, intervene, and Io removes his hand. There has been a lot of chat online for some reason that they're like, oh, the Wakandans never trusted Bucky with the vibranium hand, so they put in a fail-safe that they could remove his hand. I actually don't think that at all. I think it's, uh, it is a prosthetic that has to be removed somehow. And she knows how to take it off, and it just came off. Like, I don't think this is like, oh, they never trusted him. Like, I'm pretty sure the Wakandans were like, Io, like, I think has, like, a deep relationship with Bucky from that first scene. They've obviously spent a lot of time with each other. I don't think this is like, I don't trust you. This is just like, I'm going to take this off right now because you're kind of, like, stopping us from doing what we want to do. And that's what she did. I don't think it was, like, some weird, like, we don't trust you all along. But that's just me. Again, I could be reading that completely wrong, but I don't think so. Well, there was the line where Sam's like, did you know that could happen? And Bucky's like, no. Well, yeah, but it's like, what, you didn't think that someone could take it off? Well, do you think that he ever took it off? Uh, Yeah, he's shown with him taking it off. Remember when he's in Wakanda and they, like, give him the arm? He doesn't have an arm on then. Um, When he's with... So then then if he knew it comes off, why wasn't he like, yeah, it comes off, like... It comes off. I think he then, was. I think he was. Because then you surprised. have to ask yourself, how does he get it off? So are there are there two ways for him to take his arm off? I think if the because he has part of that thing connected to his body, like there is a spot that opens it's just up. Like a, it's just like a, he flexes a little bit. I think and, it would. Yeah, it would it make sense off. if Bucky Barnes dies. Someone would be able to get that arm off of him without, like you know, removing parts of his body. Removing parts of his flesh. Yeah, Wade says it was a power play. Yeah, I mean, it was like, hey, these are warriors of like elite warriors that know how to fight battles. And this was an advantage that they had that Bucky wasn't expecting. And they took advantage of it. And there you go. I don't think it's a weird like trust issue thing. He's the white wolf, you know. You know what they do. And all right, so the dwarf defeat John and they leave the shield with him. They were going to take it, but they leave it behind. And John's like, I just got beat up by a bunch of girls. I They weren't even super soldiers. So then he goes and like John and Lamar have this heart to heart. And they're like, yeah, we would both take the serum. Think of how many people we could save if we had the serum. So John goes and takes the serum. Apparently he didn't need the cage or anything that Steve Roger does. You just shoot that up, go to the bathroom, scream a little bit. You're good to go. Just, you know, <laughs> shake that stuff off. So we cut to the docks. Sarah gets a call from Carly because, you know, Carly just is able to find people and just look them up. There's probably like a uh, white pages for cell phones nowadays. Otherwise, instead of meeting Sam here, I can always meet with you and AJ and Lil Cass there. Maybe out back by the dock. Maybe she just looked up Facebook and like found Google the names. Earth. Google Earth. Google, so, I track you, government. So everyone has a hacker that can find everyone. So I guess it doesn't matter where anyone is in the world. You'll never be safe because some person with a computer can look you up and see exactly where you are. Um, Carly's like, hey, Sam's working for Captain America and that makes them enemies. I I just don't understand like where, like Sam's not working for Cap. Like, Well, well it's funny, Steve, that that nothing in the interaction that Sam had with um, Carly, nothing in the interaction that they had would have led you to think that she needed to threaten Sam to get help. No, like he went to her, 
they had they were like, sitting down. I was like, hey, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna help you through this. We need to we need to talk about this. And she's like, I'm gonna threaten you and your whole family. Yeah, one thing Sarah says, like, um, Rusted, thanks for hanging out. We appreciate it. Um, we will chat with you later. All right, tune back in if we're still here. Hopefully we'll still be here. We might not. It's getting late over here. So Sarah says, like, hey, I didn't choose them. Like, the government doesn't care about me, so why do I care about them? But it's like, no one chose Steve as Captain America. He's just, I don't, I don't know. This show is, like, confusing me with, like, what they want me to believe people think of Captain America. And, like, if, like, Steve wasn't chosen to be, like... Yeah, he was. He was chosen. He was, he didn't... I don't, he was chosen. He was, I mean, I mean, that's what, that's what it was all about, right? There's, there's the dude that Tommy Lee Jones wanted, but then there's the dude that Dr. Erskine wanted. I guess it's true. But in a sense, like where people are like, Hey, we're going to ask the people who do you want to be as Captain America? Like, I don't, it's just like a weird mascot. It's like, no one chose the Hawks to be, I don't know. It's weird. Maybe I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway. So we head back and guess what? The uh, super duo suit up and they go to meet Carly and Sam's like, really? Did you just threaten people? You call my sister? That's how we're going to play this? Sam, I would never hurt her. I just wanted to understand you better. What? I I don't understand what any of the dialogue in this show is asking. Like, what do you mean I wanted to understand you better? What does that mean? You wanted to understand like you would like back off. You would go away. You wouldn't come to the meet. You wouldn't bring Bucky to the meet. Like, what does it mean? I, I guess you don't threaten people and be like, yeah, it was just a joke, man. Like I would never do anything except you found out all their information, found out where they live, made them leave because now they're terrified for their lives. Cause you threatened them. That's in a way hurting them. Mm-hmm. And to be like, yeah, I would have never hurt them. I just wanted to understand you. That makes zero effing sense. The, it make it makes less sense than it's that. Weird it's weird dialogue. It's just clunky and terrible, and I just I I really really do not like the Carly character, and maybe I'm not supposed to, but 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 I like her for all the reasons that I'm not supposed to not like her. I don't I don't I don't think she's dynamic. I don't think she's deep. I think she's got one layer, and it's bad. I feel no empathy for her. I can't even I can't even begin to get on the side that she's on and think, okay, yeah, I guess I can understand her. I can put myself in her shoes. I can't because she is not consistent in anything that she does. I, I just, I don't like it. You know, there was a whole ep- there was a whole section of episode three where we went to low town that might've been like better spent, like understanding the flag smashers and what exactly they're doing. If they went to a refugee camp of displaced people and we actually showed like what that meant for people instead of just people walking around. If we showed them like without their homes, like in times of crisis, like not knowing where to go, their families like starving, not having work, maybe we would have empathized more with what they're doing and had more of a Robin Hood type character that we could root for that we felt like Sam was actually trying to get behind. And again, like, you know, I always have to remember like all of this stuff was like, finished up shot during a pandemic so maybe there was just things that they couldn't do and this is the story that we ended up with because of certain situations that were out of you know the creator's hands i think i think you're i think you're putting too much emphasis on on this having to be gone have this having gone through a pandemic i don't think that has as much to do with it as what you think i just i just i don't know i just would i would like to understand the villain more if they even are the villain anyway so what villain get, 
What villain? Well, that's what I'm Black saying. Black Panther villain? Are, I don't know. Or Zemo villain? Hey, what Power happened Brooklyn to Taurus? Villain? Where's Taurus? John, we should bring Taurus John Walker back. villain? Yeah, Taurus where is, is Taurus? Where'd he go? We like him. We like Taurus. He's our people. All right. He's probably he's probably the main bat. He's probably the power broker. He's all we the know. Power broker. You have to end this now. I don't want to hurt you. You're just a tool in the regimes I'm looking to destroy. You're not hiding behind a shield. If I were to kill you, it'd be meaningless. So Again, now, with the shield, like the shield is gonna grow wings and and fly away or something, and like become sentient and because so, guess what if you kill john walker someone else will take up the shield right mm -hmm. like i'm not wrong uh, maybe i'm wrong who knows anyway it's really weird so then we get the battle uh, an ambush is set for john because for some reason we have to kill john now because if we kill john the government's going to stop coming after the flag smashers because you killed their you killed their puppet. So they'll oh, you took out our one guy. We gotta do something else yeah, now. We'll probably just stop coming after you. We'll let you continue to steal stuff for people that need it. Anyway, so a battle breaks out. Carly kills Lamar after Lamar tries to save John from getting stabbed by a knife. He gets a punch to the sternum, probably just makes his heart explode right on the spot, hits a pillar, dies again, and everyone's like, oh dang. Now it's serious. John goes into a rage, kills some Flag Smasher while people are recording, and he holds a bloody shield over the body as people look on and record. And I think that's where we get the title of the show, The Whole World is Watching. That is episode four of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, an episode that I didn't care for much because I think they're trying to do too much with the story instead of focusing on more interesting things that they could have told. We've got a lot of characters. We got Flag Smashers and Zemo and Bucky, the Dora Milaje, which, you know, some of these, some of the sections in, in episode four, I really enjoyed. I think Bucky's redemption um, arc is interesting. I like that they brought back Sam's like whole, you know, counseling of soldiers that have come back. I think those things were interesting. But other than that, just don't know what the show is really trying to say. Is it trying to say that the shield is bad? If so, it's just a piece of vibranium. That would be like saying um, Bucky's arm is bad. Or maybe the person that is using Bucky's arm is bad. I Like, you could say that Steve Rogers was bad, but we know that Steve Rogers wasn't bad. So I don't understand, like, what point they're trying to drive home. And it could just be that I'm completely tone deaf and missing the point of what they're trying to tell me. But... I can only go based on how I feel about the show. And so far, I'm like, okay, like, when is this going to be over? Because we have two episodes left. I don't know what I'm looking forward to in the next two, like, episodes. I don't know what I want to happen to where I would feel like, okay, I've got closure. This feels like a good stopping point to me. Like, I just don't know what I have to look forward to. The power broker being there. But at this point, with two episodes left, like, there's no super soldier serum. So who cares what the power broker can do exactly and then but then if the power broker does want the serum then they're gonna have to extract it somehow from carly and from john walker right so there's there's there could be something there right you know there's but a dead super soldier on the you know on the floor of this place that was recorded you could just suck it out of him i guess that's true if, if it's if it's that easy i don't know so I what don't are your know, thoughts, man. huh? I don't. What? I don't know what we're supposed to be. Um, I don't know who 
we're supposed to be rooting for or what we're supposed to be rooting for. Um, it and would be nice to know. And what about the psychiatrist? Are Bucky and the only thing I want to know is like Bucky and Sam, are they going to break up after this? That's all. Or are they going to go <laughs> do Bucky and Sam things, you know? Because right. that's really what we wanted to see. We just wanted to listen to um, Bucky and Sam talk to each other all the time and make fun of each and, other. And that's what we thought it was going to be. We thought they were going to be out crime fighting and, you know, taking up the mantle and doing the things. And again, definitely a, a better than what we've got. I'm really disappointed at what we've gotten so far. Yeah. Anyway, that's episode you know, 168. But you know what, Steve? It can only get better. I guess that's true. I think if Carly had more charisma, then the show would be a lot better. If she, like, showed emotion. I don't think she's good at showing emotion. Maybe she's not supposed to, but... Maybe she's supposed to be just super one-dimensional and just... Yeah, because I, like I said, I, I, I am not behind her. I am not sympathetic to her plight at all. I think I think her... Dialogue is clunky. I think she... I, I don't... Well, and I, I don't even think she knows exactly what she's doing. Are they, are they stealing for the people or are they killing Captain America? You know? Those things... Yeah. Those two things don't seem like they achieve the same goal. Yeah. I think it's just like, okay, we're trying to help people. No, you're killing people and that's not going to help you help more people. That's just going to get you thrown in jail. Anyway, yeah. this has been episode 168 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. This is Steve and Mike signing off. Remember, like, make the world a better place. Like, do that. Do that without killing anybody. Like, that's yeah. step number one. Go out, make the world better than you found it, and do that without killing anybody. So, we'll see y'all later. I must finish this damn Ooh. thing. Thank you for listening to the Freelancer Codex, a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn Network. Follow us at Freelancer Codex on Twitter or Twitch. Send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com or voice messages to anchor.fm slash freelancercodex slash message. We wish to thank all of our Patreons. We are grateful for you all.